dynamic experience are the, are the expectation of the consumer now. No one expects to go to Amazon.com and see the same homepage. They expect the ad to be relevant in month two, uh, as, uh, just as relevant as it is you know, in month one. Thanks for joining in for part two of my interview with Scott Simonelli, CEO and founder of Veritonic. My name is Gina, and I'm head of audio at Stageham Entertainment and Dreamer Productions. My mission through the Sound and Marketing podcast is to help you expand your mind on the possibilities of sound and music in marketing. You'll notice a lot of background in the audio, and that's because I caught him in the midst of Ad Week New York. And instead of trying to edit out all the street sounds of New York City, I decided it added to the ambiance of the discussion. So please enjoy part two of Measuring the Value of Sound with Scott Simonelli on the Sound in Marketing podcast. Going back to uh, underutilization in sound and marketing, what, what do you see the problems are currently for how people utilize the sound and marketing? Maybe a misunderstanding of how to use it or just a bad approach. Do you have like any examples of just, ooh, that, that didn't work? Um. I mean, there's there's a lot of examples of that. I think the especially in the advertising world, because there's not, um, there's just not a great like kind of community of, of creatives around audio ads. It's, it's gotten significantly better. We we do a lot of benchmarks and norms across different whether it's different platforms like podcast ads, for example, or, or all consumer packaged goods ads, or all you know all ads for autos, um, you know, financial services, and so. Across all those different benchmarks, like you know, there's some verticals that are actually better. Like the insurance world is really good at audio branding because they all have to compete with Nationwide and State Farm and some mm. of these companies that have just you know age old audio logos. And so somebody like Liberty Mutual you know, has to come to the table and know that like I've got to have a decent audio logo, otherwise you know how do I deal with Nationwide as my competition? And so there you see that. But on the on the ad side, um, you know that's why we see a lot of our clients like the Creative Studio of Pandora, for example you know, making the ads and they'll make ads, um, for anybody because the, you know, a bad, bad, bad ad creative hurts the advertiser because they're less likely to be successful. Um, you know, it's, and it also, you know, it hurts the advertising platform and then it also creates a bad experience for the end user. So it's, it's, it's one thing you don't want to get wrong, but in general, um, like with music, the best music is not usually in ads. Sometimes it is, but that's not, that's not the, that's not 90% of the ads. It's probably 10% of the ads. You know, that's why stock audio and even, you know, AI generated audio today is out there because you just need something to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And then you combine that with, you know, someone who's maybe not an expert at audio advertising best practices and that can get really ugly really fast. Um, I, have enough, th- I have a theory on sorry, that one. Yeah. No, no, I have a th- it. My feeling on that, because I agree, I think that ad-based music or or ad placed music or whatever is not as good. And that's because they're grabbing it from a production library. It's already been generated. It's already been made um, with whatever the composer's idea in mind or whatever the, the album project from the music library. Um, But when you listen to music in a score, it's specifically custom made to fit that story. So when people just grab, and this is something that I've talked about, you grab the latest Beyonce hit and you want to attach that to your advertising campaign because it's a hit, right? Well, yes, but it's topical right now. But does that mean tomorrow it will be? And when it does not become topical, it loses its relevance. Does your campaign lose its relevance as well? Right. No, it's totally true. And it's it's unfortunate, really. And, and a lot of the, the first, I would say the first two years of Veritonic, we almost exclusively tested video 
the primary initial application, and this isn't the case today, it's, but it's still something we do a lot of, and it's starting to come, it's funny, it's come full circle now where we're doing more and more of it, it seems, in the last couple months, is, is like music selection and voiceover selection for video ads. So talk about like, you know, the, you know, the slap together of the slap together. People are spending 95% of their time and money on the visual. And, mm-hmm. and everybody knows, not just the two composers on the podcast, <laughs> that the visual is not 95% of the emotional response to that ad. Um, and so, you know, especially in, back to time, like in the first five seconds, the audio sets the mood, right? It's everybody who's ever seen the TV show knows that. And so it's mm-hmm. like, that's where it's just like a thing where it's just the industry is just behaved that way because it's more expensive to create the visual and because you can get stock audio, um, you know, on the cheap or you can, you know, especially now the barrier to entry to create audio is is low. You don't have to go to a recording studio to make something. Um, even if you are doing, you know, you know, composition, uh, or using, you know, professional composition, um, or custom audio, that's, it's even more so. So it's, it's, it's really been a process to just get people to realize, um, how important sound is, um, and change their habits, which is a hard thing to do. Like just old habits don't, don't die. And so the national brand advertisers that we work with, it's painful to watch. Um, mm-hmm. because they, they'll, they'll cut the whole spot. Um, and I'm sure you know this already. They've got the demo track in there, if there's any audio in there at all. And then they'll throw something in at the last second um, mm-hmm. that they you know, either don't have the rights to or the budget for. And then, then people will just fall in love with the demo track because they've heard it mm-hmm. and seen it. With, once you see, you know, see the visual with the audio, you're stuck now. Yeah, top um, love. It just sounds good to you because, yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that, that whole process. And then you take that mentality and you bring it to audio advertising. And, and it's a, you know, it, it can really... Um, in some ways just bring the whole thing down because now you've got this audio is not important mentality it's an afterthought and then in my visual world and then I'm going to just slap together some crappy audio ad and then let's get thrown on a podcast in the wrong place at the wrong time or on a, like a streaming station you know when I'm the, you know, the my pillow guy shouting on the classical station um, and then it just really you know can really go wrong and so that's where um, you know hopefully you know people start to you just have to invest more time and money in, in audio, not to sound self-serving about it, but it's not going to get better um, unless, you, unless you do that. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a full package kind of deal. Like, are you going to, I mean, if you look at it this way, do you really want to spend millions and millions of dollars on something? And then at the very end, just kind of like, mm, okay, that's good enough. You know, is it good enough? You've just spent a ton of money. Do you really want to just stop here or do you want to finish the whole package? I would say there's a joke in our office, actually, once a week, we get a call, and it's usually at like four o'clock on a Friday from an agency or a brand where there's a dispute, usually it's the agency, where they have chosen a piece of audio that is either A, more expensive than what they budgeted for, or B, um, they don't have any budget left, so it's some piece of stock audio they pulled off the scrap heap. Um, but the, and that's the agency, so they've got that, and then the, the client, either A, is not spending any more money on anything or, or B doesn't want the crappy stock audio. And they need, they quick need, quickly need data to support whatever angle it is that they feel is the right thing. They're trying to push the client to do. Um, and then, you know, and then, then it becomes a whole thing of like, well, this is a technology platform that's the license it and all that. And it's like every once in a while, those things, it goes the right way. Like somebody gets some data to support their case and, um, and they end up doing, you know, going with the better option. Um, which, which sometimes it is better to spend less um, if, if the more expensive option, frankly, isn't worth it. 
Um, or to your point, like, you know, th that's not something you should only measure before you've launched the campaign. You should actually look and see, you know, is, the, is that Beyonce track or Taylor Swift track still relevant now? Um, and at what point, um, if I'm measuring that on a weekly basis or, or iteratively, you know, what point do I make a change? Dynamic experiencers are the expectation of a consumer now. No one expects to go to Amazon.com and see the same homepage. They expect the ad to be relevant um, in month two, uh, as uh, just as relevant as it is, you know, in month one. Well, and even so too, like um, just hearing about back to podcasts and everything, just because you know it's such a such an audio based uh, platform, but like for ads, for advertisement in within a podcast or um, in between songs or something like that, um, it can be so tailor crafted, you know, like you can find out exactly your audience that's listening to this, like what device they're listening on, you know, where they are, what other things that they've been listening to. Your ad can be so relevant and like, wouldn't it just be icing on the cake to have the audio <laughs> to back that as well. So you've got your message that's targeted to the right place, but do you really just want it to kind of flop on the end and not even be like the sound or the music that goes with that audience? You might lose them. Right. It's like playing a live show. You're going to change the way you're playing live based on how the audience is responding. Um, assuming you're a decent live performer and, and, um, you know, and that's, I am and that's not. advertising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I, I think even even the worst live performer, you know, can tell when you know the tempo is too slow, or people aren't paying attention, or you know, I'm losing them. And, and even if it's not necessarily music related, right? It's communication related, especially with with audio and advertising. You know, making sure that you you're getting it right is, is so important. With not just you know time as to when the ad is running um, and what's relevant, the context it's running in. So. You know, what is before, what, what are people hearing in the, you know, this ad? Or where is it in, the, what co in what context is it? Is it during a football game? Is it during a classical music uh, streaming station? Is it during a podcast? And then also, though, like, we see a lot where certain ads achieve a certain emotion or people, you know, the audience responds so well to it, but it, it happens too late in the spot or, or things like that. So, like, you know, we see, a, or you see people today where they don't mention the name of the, the brand in an audio-only ad. Which, yeah. you know, people are just thinking visually. We've seen it. I mean, we see it every day in our platform mm -hmm. because one of the things we track is you know, we, we ingest the, the text. And so, you know, you, you can see brand mentions. And one of the things, like, you know, a lot of the great performing ads, usually they mention the brand early and then again at the end. And then it seems like three times is, is, is actually the, a best practice there. Um, and there's, very, there's no silver bullet, but that's like a best practice that we've observed. And, You'd be surprised how many audio ads you know, never actually say who the ads for. And even worse, a lot of them mention their competitor five times. So like people hear the <laughs> ad and they're like, oh, they don't even know who that's for. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that um, would be so unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say, uh, what's happening in sound advertising right now that gets you excited? Um, well, I, frankly, it's things like the conversation we're having today where people are actually like talking about the craft and, and doing things to to just kind of come to the table and say you know we want to make great audio creative I mean, and just that desire and the conversation around um being good at this right like then uh that that to me is the thing that's most exciting you know more tactically it is it is the addition of more technology to the space um because you know today in, t you know, in today's climate the technology is, is advanced enough where it's not, it doesn't inhibit people's ability to, to be creative and, and kind of do things. Whereas like, 
you know, we're not, it's not slow in its response. It's not like we're going into a focus group and trying to find 300 people and having them do punch cards and then waiting three weeks to find out what people thought of the music. Um, because you can get, as we just announced today, you can get, you know, instant, um, you know, baseline data on how somebody's going to respond to something they're hearing um, and that predictive ability is, is amazing. And it's, it's not just that what we're doing that's exciting. It's, it's other businesses doing similar stuff because it, when you can find out really quickly and specifically, you know, how people are responding to what you're creating, that gives you a lot of power and that, you know, to, to do, to change what you're doing on the fly or to react to that. Uh, and that's awesome because when you have that lag between measurement and creation, it, it can really, it, it, it really slows things down. Um, and so you, you don't want to wait until three weeks from now to find out uh, if, if, if you're on the right track or not. So that, that to me um, is exciting. And also I think that will create environments where, where advertisers and podcasters and content creators will be able to, to be more specific about what they serve their audiences, right? So you might, if you had a better podcast analytics for your podcast and could, you know, understand, you know, how people are responding to each episode, you could get sponsors uh, more easily and you could find the right sponsors and, and be sponsors that are relevant to your listeners. And you could know just to, about how much of your podcast you dedicate to sponsorship and, and you can really get that right. And that would create a better podcast and that would be something that people, uh, you'll have more listeners and it'll be just a, a better vehicle um, all around. And I think that kind of uh, real time and, and kind of quick data, you know, quick kind of measurement tools are out there, not just for Atonic, but just across the board. I think that that to me is the most exciting thing um, kind of coming down the pipe. Yeah, that's, that's definitely exciting. Um, I'm enjoying all of these conversations that I've been having <laughs> with people on the podcast and just separately. And it's just a very exciting time. And I, I feel like things are, it, it's, it's like a new revolution. It kind of feels like, you know, we had the, the YouTube revolution. And I think that now there's going to be something with audio, whether it be podcasts or some, some form of uh, entertainment in that direction. I think that uh, all of a sudden there's going to be this like explosion. That's, that's my prediction. We'll see. <laughs> It's funny that podcasts have become, you still get like, you know, you, you talk to people like, what's a podcast? <laughs> you still mm -hmm. get that. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's just funny how something so subtle can be so different, right? It's just, it's just radio on demand. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the only difference between a podcast and any other content, audio content is the fact that I can listen to it when I want to versus like, you know, I'm going to listen to, you know, as a sports fan, like, you know, back in, when I lived in the city, like, you know, you'd listen to, you know, Mike and the Mad Dog at 4.30 or whatever. Um, and that was like, you know, something you would do. And, and But now it's like, you don't have to wait till 4.30 to get that content, um, you know, and, and that, that's like a different thing. And now other formats, um, you see like, you know, everything from drama and fiction and comedy and all these other things. It's just, this, this is audio that I can get whenever I want. And, you know, podcast in some ways has just become the name for it. <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing to see and all like our, our radio partners like Western One um, and, and people like that you know, are are huge in podcasting you know and it's, it's amazing how it's all kind of come together really excellent 
Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Scott. Uh, I hope that you have a great rest. You just started Adweek, so I hope you have a great week at Adweek and that you don't melt too much in your recording <laughs> in your recording booth. <laughs> in our, our greenhouse slash yeah. podcast studio. And if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, um, how could they get a hold of you? Um, Scott at Veritonic.com. This podcast is here to educate on the power of sound, the possibilities of sound, and the accessibility of sound in marketing to all brands, both big and small. Sound marketing is a great way to break through the noise that visual marketing creates. This podcast breaks down what has happened, is happening, and insights on what's happening in the future. You can be a company of one or a company of a thousand. Sound marketing is accessible and affordable for us all. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Sound and Marketing. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcher.com backslash premium and enter promo code SOUNDINMARKETING at checkout. To get a hold of Scott, you can email him at scott at veritonic.com or visit the Veritonic website at V-E-R-I-T-O-N-I-C. To get a hold of me, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R Productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at DreamerProductions.com. I'd be happy to chat about any and all sound and marketing questions, so don't hesitate to reach out. All links will be provided in the show notes for this episode. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.